Thanks for listening to Open Collar on Anchor. That's not working. <laughs> Perfect. Set it once, set it a million times. Now? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. There we go. Nothing like that. Open it's... color. Yeah, if we're not off the rails, yeah. then we we're never on the rails. <laughs> What's happening? Just loving snow again. Oh, my God, man. It's beginning to be a bit too much, you know, like this whole, like, Farmer's Almanac, you know. Take two. Take two. My turn. Farmer's Almanac, you're saying? Yeah, oh yeah, Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, last I read it last year, and they're saying that uh, in the new year uh, we're supposed to get a lot of snow. And I was like, ah, whatever. Farmer's Almanac. I don't really trust you. Well, they're they're tending to be a bit true right now. Thirty nine centimeters in the month of January, but not. It's actually more than that. That would be closer to sixty with uh, this most recent round. Ugh. Yeah, just that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. It's like enough. Did I you... blame everybody who complained about having snow for Christmas. I uh, I keep telling myself that there are approximately 30, 31, 30, 29 days until spring training starts for baseball. So that's what gets me through these dog days of winter. Just knowing that it's going to end. Yeah. There's <laughs> no, like, you know what? Like February is, is the... Sh- this just in February is the shortest month ever. Um, once that's done, then you get into March, and generally it's a bit of a crapshoot. Like you could have some days that are you know cold, and but you mm. could have some that are pretty nice. So I feel like if we can just get past February, then we'll be okay. It feels like you just described seasons. Yeah, all four of them, you might say. Sometimes they're cold. Sometimes they're nice. <laughs> it's just a crapshoot. It's just a crapshoot. So what was your uh, what was your shoveling experience like today? Oh, you know, start in one spot, push it to another spot, lift it up into the massive banks that exist now. Rinse, repeat, rinse, yeah. repeat. Next is going to be uh, taking it off the roof and putting that somewhere. You're really going to go on the roof and take it off? No, I got a roof rake. You'll do it from the, the safety of the ground. But do you need to? Um, I'm doing it in the front above the garage because it's so high. It's like blocking the windows and just my concern is melt getting into the window and then getting inside. You know what? It's funny that you say that because we opened up our windows in the bedroom here. Yeah. First time ever in the three years we've been close to three years we've been in the house. There's a pile of snow that's covering the window and we're like, oh, this is new. Yeah. (laughs) Drifting, the blowing, right? I tell you. So week's been good aside from that. It's trying to be. It's trying to, yeah. to be nice, but also at the same time try to mess with things. It seems like it's going longer than uh, it should be. Like we no day today, and kids have tomorrow off for a PD day. So they take the bus normally for school. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's your take then on the buses being canceled? Like, is it that far from your house to the school? No, it's not. Um, I. I don't know what happened, but I feel as though life has forgotten that we are in Canada and we get snow. 100%. Because I am fairly confident in past years, we had like 20, 25 centimeters forecasted and the buses came. Mm-hmm. Now, like they say 10 to 15, it's, you know, get the first aid kit ready and stock up on food. And if you have to, eat your youngest then do so to survive because snow is coming so so we're pretty like we're pretty not strict but we try not to let the you know the simplest of weather storms prevent the boys from going to school like the um today was an example but then there was Mm -hmm. also the 23rd or the 22nd pardon me there's a few times yeah yeah every other week basically we'll say that like where buses will be canceled but Mm -hmm. jade will check them to school they'll get to school Yep. And for them, it's almost like just, you know, like, a, hey, we've no no lessons today. We get to play games or watch a movie or do whatever. So for them, it's like a PD day, but at school, which is, yay, perfect for us yeah. because we get to work. <laughs> so, but yeah, like when we were younger, I remember, 
you know, it'd have to be like minus 40, uh, you know, 40 centimeters of snow before anything would be canceled. And yeah. you know what? And if you were 50, if you miss, if you miss the first bell, then you'd be in trouble. So make sure you get your ass to school. Yeah, the only times I can think of um, would be yeah, if they lost power or one time we went because it was so cold, the pipes were frozen and there was no functioning bathrooms. That's so fair. You can't, have, you can't have the schools open. So That's we got fair. off the bus and then back on the bus and off we go. And then the other time buses were canceled, my parents were too busy to even let me know. So I was walking to school not knowing that I was getting there with half my friends. Or we were less. troopers. Like, let's oh, just, course. you know, pat ourselves on the back here for a minute. We were troopers. Yeah, we, we survived the... 80s and 90s and there should be a shirt that they make for that we survived the winters of the 80s and 90s well, I just, like I said, hashtag I find, damn you millennials i don't know if it's just the doomsday media coverage but it just seems like every time there's any sort of weather event it is blown Apoc- yeah apocalyptic yeah it's insane i do not understand it and even if they give you like the the range of forecasted snow it's like oh we're calling for 10 to 15 could be 20 could be 25 Maybe even 30. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing? Well, CTV even had the, because uh, they've obviously been covering this for like a number of days since the weather warning had been issued by yeah. Canada Weather. And they're like, you know, their graphics were like storm team, you know, yeah. January 23. It's like, okay, like time out a little bit. <laughs> and they don't even no... have anybody out in the field either. Like you would see like at the Weather Network or yeah. like in how they do in the States where they're standing outside and showing that we stand outside of the studio and then they just go right back in yeah into their warm radiated uh heated up studio although there are those times where you see those news you know um reporters that are on the side of like the 416 when it's like a really bad storm and it's like why like why you must be really far down the totem pole of seniority for you to be told to drive out in you know timbuktu to go do a newscast for five minutes standing on the side of a highway yeah. You've, you've not reached the pinnacle of your you know, journalism career if you're being told to do that. They don't, so. they don't typically send them down the 401, though. No, that's true. Well, talk about the 401 and how bad it was, but they don't send their guys. They're smarter. Liabilities. Well, then there's a whole TV show about it. Have you watched that TV show? I haven't. I, like, I get anxiety just seeing the commercials. Yeah, again, that's apocalyptic 401, right? Yeah. Which, again, like... To be fair, it is bad, and there's always something bad that happens on the 401 any time of year. Right. So, like, kudos for them making a TV show out of it. Making a TV show out of it. Kudos for exploitation. I got an extra three dollars on my paycheck. (laughs) If I if I hitch up three extra cars, it's an extra sixty bucks this shift. And if if I lose an arm, then I lose an arm, and it'll all be caught on camera. That's right. And the stories you'll be able to tell. Season two of yeah whatever the show was yeah it's 401 something or other 401 rescue that's what it is oh yes that's what it 401 is. rescue yeah you see the commercial and the guy's like i've been hit i've been hit i'm like oh my god like what's he been hit with <laughs> like i did i'm it was, a, I, it was a bee that's right yeah it was it was a it was a gust of wind that a you know miata hit him with as he was driving by going 40. But then they extenuate it for the show. So the Mazda Miata, I can't believe that was such a popular little sports car. Like it's really small, but yeah, people liked it. People, I remember in high school, a buddy of mine's like, "That's the car I'm gonna own." Like, really? Okay, fair enough. But then I was gonna say the same thing. But then if you think about it, like when we were young and in high school, let's be honest, we would have taken any car, and so yeah. any car that was kind of slick, somewhat, you know relatively modestly priced mm-hmm. looked a bit sporty we'd be like oh yeah that's the one so i, I don't blame your buddy because i probably would have been the same way i'm wondering too because i remember it was one of the sports cars i was in like one of those grand turismo games i wonder if that played a factor into it mm. you know yeah, the PlayStation, yeah. i think it came out of playstation 2 grand turismo 3 so like that was get more realistic looking cars you know versus the playstation so, playstation 2 predecessor so which one which one was Vice City? It was Vice City 4? Oh, not Grand Theft Auto. Grand Turismo. Oh, Grand That's Turismo. Ra- ra- right. Racing game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and that was one of the cars. I uh, I remember when it first came out, the Prowler, I was like, oh, this is the coolest car I've ever seen in my entire life. And then upon further review, 10 years later, I was like, what was I thinking? <laughs> I said, no, absolutely not. 
but again, I would have taken anything at that point. So it's true. My mom had a shit box. Uh, what was it? Um, a Plymouth Horizon. And let's see if I can we'll Google this so we can uh, look at the sheer audacity of, of this car to exist. Now, while you're pulling it up, what color was it? Uh, silver. Okay. So I gotta find me find me one that. Uh, and was this your shagging wagon when you were going through high school? Was this your whip? No, this was the. Please God, don't let anybody see me in this vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it was again like shitbox to. But then, as you said, when it came to time to get a car, I'm like you know, I would have dri driven that because it um, very much reminded me of uh, the birthmobile in Waynesboro. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With the um, licorice dispenser. Yeah. So this is what it was. Yes. Yeah. I remember so those. Get, so yeah. So that was the shit box that was driven around in. Hey, yeah. And this is this is like 2002, and it's as you clearly see, it's an 84. Was, was your mom's year in 84? Was it an 84? Uh, I was definitely old. It was one of those. We had a car, it died, and this was like available. So we had a uh, we had a Toyota Tercel. And I want to say it was like a 90, a 91 or a 90 or something like that. And it was like, it was kind of, it was very compact. It was very small. Mm -hmm. It was very slick looking. Like it wasn't the greatest, you know, um, like it wasn't like a top notch vehicle, but it, it did its you know thing. And my younger brother, when he got his license, it was given to him and he thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. Little hand-me-downs. That's it. So it's the one time that hand-me-downs work for kids, you know, like they don't like it when it's clothes or when it's, you know, shoes or baseball gloves. You know, if they don't, if they don't know any of that, then they're fine. Fair enough. But when and it I comes to cars, the, they're the like, the rise of thrift stores changed all that. Because you're coming in with bags of clothes, like it's from a store. You think it's new, but no, it's Valley Village. It was someone else's. But they don't need to know that. They don't. All right, okay. let's move into some, some stuff. Yeah. So as you let me know. Shazam dropped. Uh, Did you? Have, is this your first time seeing it, or have you seen it already? This will be the first time. Let's make sure that we get some. Audio. Okay. I saw it earlier. I saw that it came out, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't yeah. watch. It. Is this the newest one? As far as I know. I have some concerns with the second one. Mainly, how do they afford a house that big in Philadelphia? <laughs> He is well suited for Shazam, though. So, what are you? I'll, what are your thoughts? I haven't seen the first one, so you haven't seen the first one. That's right. No, I just that doesn't uh, didn't uh, didn't I interest think, me. I think you need to see it, and and it's not because like if you're if you're not a Shazam fan or or what have you, I think it's I think that's fine. I think the first one is just a very wholesome, very funny, very um very comedic movie and i think i think you would enjoy it i think you would um it doesn't have all the tropes of like the Snyderverse and like a dark and realism it, it kind of is a bit of a refresher from what we've typically seen from dc movies um my concern with the second one is the same concern that i would have for guardians of the galaxy 2 iron man 2 where they you know ragnarok or um love and thunder pardon me where they they recognize that there was a success that they had with, with mm -hmm. the movie and then they're just like you know what let's just pump it full of peds and like run it to the theater you know so take what works and then take, just dial it up a hundred percent um and i and i hope like i hope it's not the case so the way that shazam was written in the comics by jeff johns was very much like what we see in the movie in, in the movies here where um there is like the comedic braid it's very fluid there's um there's no sense of realism but they it's very um fantastical i guess you could say mm -hmm. so to a certain point i think if the movies can do that then it's okay but then i feel like there is that line that they might cross where if they get a bit too much and and i wish you'd seen the first movie because there's a perfect example in the first movie where i mean it's not spoiling the story, but like when he, one of the first times that he turns into Shazam, they go to a corner store and he walks out with beer and he's like, Oh my God, this is the first time I bought beer. And it's a whole comedic scene. And like, you yeah. know, and Freddie are laughing and whatnot. And I just hope that they don't take that type of a joke. That's very simple and just fleeting and make it the whole movie. 
you know so we'll see i mean I'm, i i mean it's it's earned enough for me to not get too down on it before the movie's coming out because the first one was really good but we'll see we'll see what it brings in march do you think um by showing and referencing you know momoa's aquaman and affleck's batman that you're kind of saying oh okay this is going to be the last one of these because well they did that in the they, they they referenced the they referenced superman and batman in the first one no i get that but like we know that james gunn's going to be retooling and rebooting yeah. everything so it's yeah. by referencing these guys that we know are not going to be involved going forward that they're you're saying hey this is the last one because this is all going to be different um yeah quite possibly for sure i i think too like you know, we talked about it a few episodes ago about like the possibility that they could make from the Flash movie, and I did those. They didn't show his face. They didn't show whose. They should have mentioned the Flash. They showed a Flash running, but they didn't show That's the. That's right. Yeah, and and it, you know the um, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths or Crisis on uh, Infinite Crisis. I can't remember. There's been so many. I can't remember. But eventually what they did, and I think it was actually everyone, if I'm being honest, is they took heroes from every one of the Earths, and then when they had the one the one Earth, they had yep. heroes from different Earths. So I think maybe what they might do, maybe, is take Shazam and his little pocket universe with Black Adam, potentially, yeah. and bring him into James Gunn with the Gunverse, I guess. Do we want to call it that? Are we trademarking it, the Gunverse? I'm sure people are going to be calling it that. I think they'll probably just call it DCEU. The Gunnerverse, dude. Gunner. The Gunnerverse. Um, although there really hasn't been any direct uh, lineage or like reference between Black Adam and Shazam. Like I don't recall seeing in the Black Adam movie that there was any direct reference to Shazam other than the fact that Henry Cavill showed up at the end. I haven't watched Black Adam either. Oh my Corey. I just feel to me that's like Venom. Like don't those two go hand in hand, Shazam and Black Adam? Mm -hmm. And now you're doing a Black Adam movie without Shazam? Like what the hell? Yeah, I think the I think the movie. I think the original intent though was to having battles with build up that universe right so you had your movie to introduce shazam fantastic you have your movie to introduce um black adam and then they collide in the third one and then maybe a fourth one and shazam isn't an evil villain he's an anti-hero he's a he's a punisher he's he can be a bad guy when you want him to be a bad guy but he can be a hero when you need him to be the hero well, my um, introduction to shazam and black adam was black adam is the villain to shazam oh for sure and i mean he, he started off uh but everyone's got to be an anti-hero now look at that like right here the uh second appearance of black adam oh and you see my monitor i can't but yeah he he did start off as an as a uh villain but then they changed him to be a anti-hero to whatever suited like there was a, a recent run of uh, Justice League, where he was a part of the Justice League, so he's a good guy with them. It's kind of like Lex Luthor. It's kind of like all of them. Like fuck, they just you know. No, but like to me, the best villains are the ones that stay bad. Stay villains. Like Magneto yeah. is another one. He was a, like he was the X Men's villain. Yeah. And now he's like a quasi good guy. Yeah, but you need those villains that are just like, no, I'm pot committed. I'm gonna be bad to the bone for the rest of my days. Like I'm trying to think, who would that be? That would be. Professor Zoom. Uh, who else? I'm looking at all my superheroes here. <laughs> Kingpin is another one. Yeah, because even when he does good, he's still doing bad behind the scenes. Doctor Doom. That's a great example. Yeah. I think Joker oh. is not doing anything good. Joker, yeah, he's menacing. He's menacing. Galactus. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch. So... Black Adam, like, so he became popular enough that they said, "Hey, you know, we can't have this guy be bad forever." Um, I assume that's 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 what Venom is. Yeah, he never really was popular. I think he only became popular because of the Rock and like Rock. The Rock had been trying to make this movie for yeah, I want to say ten right? or fifteen years, yeah. and then obviously, like you know, if the comic book companies, like the publishing companies of the arms of DC and Marvel, are smart, which they tend to be when it comes to the movies is like oh we're just going to replicate what you know what's happening in the movies the movies are making billions of dollars and here we are like selling a hundred thousand copies of a comic we're going to do what the movies do to try and hope to uptick the the sale of those comics so they're like oh yeah no black Adam will be a good guy sure why not 
terrible. Just terrible. Terrible. All right, oh. I saw this on social, but Kevin Feige does not think people will get bored of superhero films. He says there's 80 Kevin, years he... of the most interesting, emotional, groundbreaking stories that have been told in Marvel comics, and that, and it is our great privilege to be able to take what we have and adapt them. So, according to the guy who makes superhero movies, no one's going to tire of superhero movies. There's 80 years know. of the most interesting, emotional, groundbreaking stories that have been told in Marvel comics. Phase, phase four kind of made me know. Yeah. That. Right away. Hey, Feige, have you seen phase four? He probably hasn't. No, probably not. <laughs> like, And yeah, like there's 80, 80 years of interesting stories. But not everything's like adaptable. No. And, and 100%. 100%. And they're they are in such small formats where like, you know, you have stories that are like, you know, 10, 20 pages, 22 pages, not multi issue arcs and whatnot, where they're like one shot, like back in the day, comics were just one shot issues. Like there was no cohesive storyline. Um, so yeah, you could pull all this stuff, but then it's very convoluted. And uh, I think it's almost egregious for him to say a comment. When, when was this comment made? Uh, this is past week. Yeah, like it, it's a bit like I don't know how to take that. If if I take that as like a slap in the face, as a you know what, you're still gonna come to the movies, so who cares, you know? And this is my excuse and whatnot because of what Phase Four was. Mm -hmm. And if you truly appreciated the 80 years of stories and all of the hard work of the artists and comic book writers that you're not paying right. for the for the intellectual property and making billions of like hundreds of millions of dollars off of you're not you're paying them a pittance of it yep and you say we have all of this you know history that we can draw off of then show the history a bit more respect and map out a plan and just be a bit more forthright with it and maybe that's a bit of the angst from phase four that's coming out right now but i find it's that weird, comment like, to be like a bit just egregious. considering how mainstream the movies are how secretive they are whereas it's a niche group of people that are really into the comics but they lay that out well in advance and let people know what's coming but you know what it's that niche group of people that are into the comics that flood the internet with the clickbaits and with the theories and with the like they're the ones that that start that storm of you know oh like here's 72 easter eggs from the most recent ant-man quantumania trailer i know but they but they tell them ahead of time like what the big arcs are coming in the comics but they won't tell us what's happening in the movies to your point like he's not yeah. laying out what's coming just like yeah we're gonna do these movies and we'll give you a title of a movie and you can try to guess what's gonna happen in it. and you know the sad thing too though is I'm, I'm noticing that with the comic books they are starting to format the comic book story arcs is almost as if they are preparing it for the mcu so we are writing this avengers story arc hoping that in 10 years it will be adapted to the mcu and uh and we picked up and same thing with dc and same thing with these independent like image comics that are coming out with these small stories they're writing it almost as if here's a screenplay can you buy it from us and take it and adapt it and it's like oh my god like and i get it like like part of me if i put my realist hat on for a minute i say you know what comic books are they gonna be around in 100 years i don't know 50 years i don't know Will it ever get to the amount of people that are reading it like it was 40 years ago or 50 years ago? Probably not. So I'm a bit of a purist with that. And I, but it's just tough to see that it's it's a medium that's dying a little bit, you know? Yeah. And I just, I don't know. And this is the thing, too, is like I, I you know, when, when we were kids, I mean, you're probably the same thing, too. All I ever wanted when I was a kid was to see the people that the heroes that I read in the pages be on the screen. And now I'm seeing them on the screen. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not the, really the, the way it should be. And it's like, I got to check myself a little bit. You know, maybe yeah. maybe the kids that are going to the movies, just let them have that. Let them be that. Let them be. Let that be their experience for what superheroes should be. And, you know. Yeah, it's tough because like you'll go in there and like you probably explain to your kids like oh you know like this is Ultron. Ultron was created by Hank Pym and that and then you go to the movies and like well that didn't happen. No, it's Tony Stark. Yeah, like, Daddy, you're an idiot. It's Tony Stark. You saw it in the movies. Like okay, time out. <laughs> time out. Yeah. 
So I, I mean, Jar Jarvis's vision. What? Yeah, Jarvis. I mean, I've, you know, I, no. Jarvis was a butler. He he waited on the hands of the Avengers, head and toe. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Spider Man has organic web shooters. But how much? How much of that that comment is almost like a uh, like a reaction to probably the feedback that he's heard because it's been online and it's been through every other medium. Like Phase Four was a shit show. Like it was just a shit show. It was a, and and we said this before, but you you'd spent twenty what twenty one or twenty three movies, yeah. three phases, building up this huge story arc. So you've you've conditioned the people that are making you billions of dollars, laying out this type of storytelling, where they expect you know okay the that Sega's done okay boom let's move into the next one right. where you spend uh, what like four or five like mcu movies but then the same amount for the tv shows for nothing like yeah i feel it's almost as if like shang chi was a red herring because that's the only one that introduced a new character and started to push the story ask the question had, and then we had just like single focused stories with like nothing teasers and nothing's moving that's ahead. a good point because Shang Chi, like it was like, what's that blip at the end of the, like when Wong was yeah. saying what's that? And, like right away, you're like, okay, is it Galactus? Is it, you know, is it Kang? Is it who? Who could it yeah. be? And then nothing. Yep, nothing, nothing. Just kind of like Homer Simpson in the yeah, bushes. Right back, back into the bushes. <laughs> you know, so I, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I I don't know why he would say something like that, and I hope that you know this next phase, phase five, is almost like a redemption and it almost would have in my opinion served them better to say and i think i said this before like just treat phase four as almost like a reset we're gonna you know we're gonna take a pause we're gonna introduce some new characters but we're gonna very quietly lay the foundation for the next two phases five and six and then do it that way but instead of not saying anything and then us just assuming that they can't even we, we're not assuming anything like we are basically doing what we've been conditioned to do for those 20 some odd movies where there's a there's a scene or two at the end of the movie where we're like okay this is advancing the story and it's not advancing the story and then we get all pissed off about it and they, they're all they're hum about it they're they're not saying anything and then yeah, phase five starts so anyway get all worked up i'm Damn. done with superheroes no i'm not soon <laughs> i'm not he just said you won't be no one's gonna get tired of it. Never, never. Okay. So campers. Uh, what's that? I said okay, campers, rise and shine. You want to talk about Groundhog Day? I did. I really did. Get, don't um, forget your booties because it's cold out there today. <laughs> so this is perfect timing. Um, they've been playing it on MC uh, AMC quite AMC. a bit. Uh, and it's a great movie. Four, they play four movies: Groundhog Day, they? Groundhog Day, <laughs> The Great Outdoors. Um, Home Alone when it was around Christmas time. Okay. And um, they usually marathon The Godfather a lot. Okay. So I would say uh, Home Alone and Planes, Trains, Automobiles, you got to exclude them because they're like Thanksgiving until the new year. Like Fair they're enough. on just rotate rotation. There's a while they were playing Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values a lot too. That's true. Um, I'd say also Uncle Buck is on heavy rotation on that channel. Um, but they so they do play some classics, which is fine. But Groundhog Day, they're very thematic, I guess. AMC, like they recognize the holidays that are coming and they just like inundate you with movies, yes. the same movie, one movie for two weeks straight. Like That's right. it's a it's an all weekend marathon of Groundhog Day. Oh, and the, I think last couple weeks it, they've been showing all five Rockies. Make, yeah, that's true. It makes you wonder too, though, like if they're doing it almost on purpose, where like they're showing you for like two days straight Groundhog Day for all time slots for the forty-eight hours, like as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. Anyway, like we're stuck in a time loop. Yeah. Yeah. So I had an opportunity to watch Groundhog Day. Seen it many times before. I took some notes because I started thinking about it, and it, and I should preface this by saying. Like any movie, if you spend enough time thinking about something, you can probably punch enough holes into it that it'll end up looking like Swiss cheese. Fair enough. Um, the movie was, I think they had spent uh, $14 million making it. It grossed about $71 million. So mm -hmm. in 1993, 94, whenever it came out in that 
air like that time i would yeah, say that's profitable. pretty that's profitable it's a success yeah. you know um right off the heels of uh, ghostbusters and whatnot and so we've all heard the sayings like you know don't give up ignore the rules you know make the most of every day like it's your last um yep and i'm starting to think myself and i'm watching this movie and i'm like oh my god how long was he in this loop for because they never really explicitly say it you know and, no. and you start I think to bill murray hypothesized saying that he figures it was like thousands of years no i actually have an answer for it okay I actually i actually have an answer for it but again if you start to like, like you know, poke holes and whatnot yeah. but let's let's just rhyme off a few of the things that he had done when keeping in mind as you're watching the movie you're just assuming this is a week in the life of you know mm-hmm. a week in the life of so he decides to get into a police chase yeah he fools a hottie whose name is nancy oh i was in your high school class you know into sleeping with him he empowers gluttons everywhere to just eat whatever they want yeah. you know probably being a stemming reason why there is a epidemic in the united states for calorie intakes we'll say um he spends an exorbitant amount of time chasing down his producer rita again empowering you know, not only gluttons, but stalkers everywhere don't give up. Uh, he plans a robbery. He learns to play the piano. He learns to ice sculpt. He knows the personal details of everyone in Everybody. town. Everybody. Yep. He memorizes the actions of everyone in town. So, i.e., he memorized the actions of the homeless guy that he saved. Um, he memorized the action of Buster, who he saved from choking, who's played yep. by his brother, um, Brian. Uh, he's in a bunch of movies with him. Brian, Brian Doyle. Brian Doyle, thank you. Uh, he learns poetry and French. Uh, he helps Debbie get through her engagement with Fred, who is played by Michael Shannon. So again, call back. We, we're, we're, we're touching on Michael Shannon quite a bit in these last few episodes. Uh, he becomes a doctor of chiropractic work and helps Felix's back get better. He then goes on stage to a bachelor auction and drives the bid up to $339.88 and if you quantify that into today's time value of money, that's actually worth $698.10 in today's dollars. So all of these things he had learned. Right. And then he's in a week. And you, yeah, in a week, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's in a week. You know, he's probably been in the same bed and breakfast, you know, for a week, whatnot. So I was looking online because I was trying to figure out, you know, like if there was anything Plus, that was kind of. That also doesn't include the amount of times he killed himself right like going on to the in addition in addition to right right so going on to the the train tracks like dropping the toaster yeah. in the in the in the tub like stealing the, the the groundhog and going off so, the cliff so there was a there was a website that said uh there were there were 38 days that were actually shown in the movie so i don't know why and maybe it was just all of the cut scenes maybe like all the Probably. cut scenes if you add them it's 38 days okay fine i'll buy that as well as the 414 days that were mentioned in the film. So, again, I don't know how 414 totals up, but it could be just um, references and okay, yeah. the next days and whatnot. So 38 days, 414 days, and then a whopping 11,931 days that, that Phil spent learning these new talents, all the ones that I just listed. So if you subscribe to the belief that it takes you 10,000 hours to become a master at something right then it totals the totals 12,395 days or 34 years yeah so the big question is like would this drive you insane oh and absolutely when uh when As they said, because einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over 100 results yes. so he for 34 years he did the same thing expecting a different result but you know what? He kept his complexion. Like he looks great for 34 years later. Um, Trooper. What was it? The, the, the Bill Nevin, the guy that he punches. The oh, what's his name? It's Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Thank you, Ned Ryerson. Pretends to like 34 years of punching him, or like, like getting the courage up yep. to punch him. And so it's uh, again, it's not to bitch on the movie. It's not to say like it's not to. I love the movie, and I've like, ever since it came out. I've always enjoyed watching it, but it was just this one time last week and starting to think like, oh my God, like you left yourself, watch the movie and became an analytical. Yeah. And like yeah. how much, like how much time is actually spent doing this? 
Because it was that one scene where he was at that one ball and he got up and he was playing piano and like, oh my God, you know, Phil Connors, he's so good. And then yeah. Rita goes up and notices him. And this is after repeated amounts of times of him turning him down. And then, you know, the the young couple, Felix, and all these people start coming up. Oh, yeah, he's a great guy. You should probably yeah. hang out with him. And starts to thinking like, well, like how much time has been spent actually manipulating the whole town of... Um, Pensacola, Pens what is it? Pensacola, uh, yeah, Pensacola. what is it? Yeah, I can't even say it now either. Punxsutawney, 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 so, Punxsutawney film. Anyway, I figured with Groundhog Day coming up next week, who knows, man? Maybe we're in a Groundhog Day with all the snow and cold weather. It's and, happening weekly, like, who knows? Like, you know, the only difference between this week and last week is that it happened on a Wednesday into a Thursday instead of Thursday. You to gotta Friday. keep things fresh, Corey. Gotta keep things fresh. You can't. It's not a time loop. That's also the argument, too. Is it a time loop movie or is it time travel? Because he's constantly traveling back in time to the same day. I think, it's, it's I, think it's, I think it's a time loop. That's the other debate. Like, what is it? Do you think it's the Airbnb that's like the 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 reason why he's caught in that loop? Or I mean, obviously, they say that it's his character and he needs to change his ways just like, you know, just like, you know, Scrooge, Scrooge which he played brilliantly in 1989 or is it the airbnb See, if that movie was made today we'd have to have a scene or two with just exposition explaining what's happening because people are so dumb they need to have a spoon fed for 100 well they would probably just create a tiktok video as part of their marketing campaign <laughs> to say like this is what's going on. hey guys so we're just here to explain what <laughs> terrible i'm telling you kids should be doing what our uh, commercial break is when was last sock a bopper, sock a bopper. You can sock all day and bop all night. Sock a bopper, sock a bopper. More fun than a pillow fight. Blow them up, put your hand inside, get ready to have the time of your life. Sock a bopper, sock a bopper. Sock them once and bop them twice. Sock a bopper, sock a bopper. Sock a bopper. More fun than a pillow fight. My big time toys. We're just letting kids wail on each other. So, how many injuries do you think uh, happened from that product? What? I vaguely remember. I vaguely remember that those those things. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I don't them. think I would ever have. Um, you inflate them and then you wail on a child. It's uh, and it's all in good fun. It kind of reminds me of the old SNL with Dan Aykroyd. Where it was like bag of nails, or the guy was bringing on all of these oh, yeah. you know, dangerous, like it's a bag of nails, a bag of glass, you know, a bag of glass, or when something or other. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's it's whatever. He yeah. often played those like shoddy salesmen. And he was yeah. Then he was like the Italian guy with the toothpick. Like yeah, it's fine. We we have an, uh, you know, a yeah, well, disclaimer. Yeah, Dr. Boppers. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, parents today would never allow that product to see the light of day for sure. No. No. Back in the eighties, though, in the in the early nineties, it was like, well, yeah, I've I've bought it for them already, and their birthday is next year. <laughs> We've already scheduled time for the bopper session, so yeah, Man, it was right. uh, a simpler it was, time. It really was like where if you know, like if you broke your bone, it was almost like a walk it uh, off. Walk it off. It was like a. Uh, a rite of passage you know like oh you broke your bone outside playing out front like yeah good for you let's go and get you stitched up yeah you'd fall down you'd cry you go you get like dusted off and you get turned around right back outside that's true yeah i uh i don't think i've ever had the i i, I remember the, the the buster whatever but i don't remember playing with them but i do i do remember them but no i couldn't don't remember doing that with my brother. No, you just use pillows, as I said. Pillow fighting or uh, just finding other ways of wailing on your sibling. Oh, yeah. You, we were very creative back in the day. You had to be. You didn't right. have iPads and and, and stoof. You know what's funny, though, is like back in the day, we, because Reagan had like, you know, deregulated everything. And so with that came a tremendous influx of like all these cartoons and like toys and like, yeah. or cartoons that were created specifically for a toy line. 
And I feel at times that we lived in an era of like the golden era of toys growing up as boys, where it was like everything under the sun, like we were just inundated with options of toys like Spectars and G.I. Joe and superpowers and mask and transformers and the list goes on and on and on. Yep. Whereas like now that wouldn't happen because there'd be all these regulations in place. And I feel that we were very fortunate in that sense, but then also all of the toys, like the ones that you just showed on the commercial there, where they would never have been made now. Like we would never have seen them in a Walmart today or anything like that, where they, you could buy them. It'd be like, no, that would be like a black market thing that you would get like on Craigslist in Ottawa. Yeah, like It's funny how, again, that wouldn't fly. But if you looked at board games, how many uh, games involve shit? And I mean, literal shit. The thing like, is, there's a lot though, of toilet, toilet games now. For which sure. Back then, you wouldn't even think of. The thing, the thing about board games, and I see what you're saying, but the, the thing about board games is that when it comes to a board game, you have it in a box and there's a lot of words. And sure, there are pictures. The pictures could draw in the kids, yeah. for sure. But for the most part, it's words that adults have to read or to at mm. least get the hook of what it's about. <laughs> Whereas with toys, it's just you could have a toy in a plastic box where it's like, oh, here's a piece of shit on, hanging on a rack. And like, oh, I want that. Yeah. Whereas if you box it up in a box and you write about it, then the kids are not so much inclined to ask for it because the parents are the ones that have to read it. So those games are more designed for the parents, or are you talking about ones that are actually designed for kids? Well, the board games. So I'm going to say they're for children. Let me pull up one for you. This is at the good old Walmart. It is... Uh... Oh, God. I'm embarrassed I even Googled this. They might come <laughs> after you, Corey. Well, if I give credit where credit's due, I think we might be okay. <laughs> Damn copyrights. Uh, okay. It's, uh, my friend and yours. This is, a, I'm sure, bound to be played with at your house. Toilet Trouble. Which oh flush God. will cause the gush? <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, see, that's a bit much. And that's, yeah. like, the ta more, more tame one that I found. This is a game that caters to those free-range parents that decide that, you know what, the kids are the ones that rule the house and they can do whatever they want. So normally under circumstances in that household, they would go to the toilet and stick their head in it. Whereas parents like you and I that would be like, oh, there are boundaries and things that you can't do, they wouldn't. So that game is built for parents of free-range, parents of kids that let them run the household. I'll tell you, I never ran the household when I was a kid. No, we get smacked up and up a notch. Flush and yes. frenzy overflow. Three times the poop for three times the fun. Oh my god! That's how gonna. This is not. This is not a real game. Swear to all that is, is. You can buy this at Canadian Tire. What? For the low, low price of twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine. And it's out of stock, so it's flying off the shelves. That's wow. Flushing. Maybe we'll sponsor the podcast. We're giving free. We should reach reach out to them for sure. And look at the kids in the picture on the bottom left. They're just having yeah! the time of their life. Like shit's just popping. And the one's got like corn pieces in it. This is the most exciting excrement time I've had in my entire life. Push the plunger, grab the poop, win the game. Okay. Oh my god! I almost want to buy this for the kids as a joke now. <laughs> Part of us died a little today. Or, or is there like, is there like buy that just as a part of like, I'm going to collect it and sell it like 40 years from now because we are becoming such a woke society that in 40 years, it'll be like, that will not be spoken about. How dare you pretend, say pretend, pretend that never happened. Pretend that never happened. How dare you, you say like, poop. It seemed that there would be like a secret Santa type gift. A hundred percent. Don't you tell them it was from me. Don't tell them it was from me. Yeah. This time. Oh. All right, so we're going to the next topic. I saw this the other day. Okay, I saw this today. Yeah, so Spielberg was, I guess, asked about uh, movies and stuff, and then I guess he turned to The Dark Knight, and he mentioned that if The Dark Knight was released today, it would have been nominated for Best Picture. I disagree. Okay. I disagree that it, it wouldn't be nominated now. It should have been nominated then, because I think the movie now wouldn't play as well as it did back in 2008. Um, I think that, to your point, it would not be nominated now because any movie that would be nominated now 
was juicing it from the dark knight back in 2008 the dark knight back in 2008 was a game changer in the genre and it should have been nominated it was a on the edge of your seat what's happening next i don't understand what's going on can he be this bad can he be this cynical what's batman gonna do like the whole movie you're just on the edge of your seat wondering what the fuck is gonna happen next so it definitely should have been nominated back in 2008 and you're right it shouldn't have been nominated or it wouldn't be nominated now because every movie that's nominated what 15 years later has the advantage of cgi has the advantage of graphics has the advantage of cinematography advancements that it didn't have back then and i feel even though like, which is hilarious like, because nolan doesn't like using cgi right so he could have used more of it he kind of just used it to mask chicago yeah but and, everything was practical you know like I, I i listened to a podcast earlier this week it's funny that you brought that up because podcast i listened to this week was talking about steven spielberg and how every movie that he makes is covering one of two things it's covering a broken marriage Mm. or it's covering the desecration of jews and obviously you cannot run out of content for that like you can speak to that and write movies about the you know the the Things that have I'll happened say, to Jewish people. I thought, for, I thought you were going to say broken families, because yeah, I think that's that's there's a never-ending cycle of, of broken families. For sure, that. but he like if you if you think about every movie that he's made, it's touched on one of those two things, you know. Yeah, he um, does have he does have a thing about having. He has two tropes. Definitely, and those definitely are those. father figures that are troubled or or lacking. Yeah, like yeah. War of the Worlds. When, you know Tom Cruise's character, Jurassic, but Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, like Alan Grant has like no interest in children. Yeah, and he learns basically become a father. Well, and and yeah, and they so yeah, ET, right? There's no dad. there's no dad. Like there's like every single one. If you start to break it down, um, which is I think the reason why they're talking about it on this this episode that I listened to is because he got they're joking and saying that he got nominated for the Fablemans for yeah. telling the actual story of his family. <laughs> Yeah, he got nominated for the actual story of his family, but he spent the last twenty years of his career, forty years yeah. of his career, influenced by the family, influenced by the family. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I, I, I find, yeah, Dark Knight was to me a complete game changer. It yeah. was something that that we weren't even, and and some might say like, oh, you know, it's a bit amped up because of the circumstances that happened with Heath Ledger and like you know his passing. And because of the um, how much he invested himself in that role, he died as a result of it. Like, you know, that is popping yeah. up the movie because of all that. Like, no, like it was it was a movie that was so incredibly well written and filmed and kept us on the edge of our seats. And even if you watch it today, and I'd say it's probably been about five years since I've seen that movie, but I guarantee if I watch that movie again, like even just the score from Hans uh, Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer like it's it's it sucks you in like it's a it's a Oscar worthy movie and it makes you wonder like I'm curious I don't have it up now but I'm curious to know what the movies in 2008 were that were nominated for best movie because it should have been like they it should have been nominated for sure well we will talk about (laughs) okay there you ones but let's look up uh is any best pictures before we dive into the coming year because I have some some thoughts um well the one that won that year was no country for old men okay never saw it in 2008 did you Although, see it that would have been the year before so 2009 is what we're looking for i have not seen that one uh 2009 was slumdog millionaire okay yeah okay yeah as we know those guys are doing gangbusters now uh what else was nominated for best picture that year we know who won, but let's see the nominees. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, okay. Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. The I've Reader. Seen, so you never heard of that. Yeah, I've seen two of those. I've seen Slumdog and I've seen Benjamin Button. I've never seen Benjamin Button. Is it good? Uh, yeah, it's a little, uh, it's like it's long. So and so it, 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 it is slow in, in places, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, some good competition, I guess, that year, but... Who directed that? I don't think, though... Oh, yeah, I don't, Fincher. Fincher directed it. I don't think movies 
like we, we were not in 2008 we were not yet at the point where uh, and we may still not be at that point where um, comic book adapted movies have the respect of other movies in terms of best picture nominations i don't know well if you definitely know, not just, in 2008 but even in 2023 there's the uh, respect still isn't there from other filmmakers right yeah he makes his comments and other folks are making the comments about them yeah i mean i can't blame him face four was shit again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah anyway phase five fingers crossed so uh i won't go through all the nominations but i want to talk about um how many of us have them i've seen none <laughs> I just want to talk about the best picture because, again, after The Dark Knight did not get nominated, they changed the rules where you can add up to 10, minimum five, then max up to 10. Um, so we have um, – so best picture this year nominated is uh, All Quiet on the Rest Western Front. You know, it's a remake there. Um, of Elvis, Everything Everywhere, All at Once. I want to see that movie. Uh, the Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, Woman Talking – uh, the Banshees of Inishirin and Avatar, The Way of the Water. Now, okay. here's where I am going to shit on Avatar. Can I just say, I feel as though I don't, we haven't, like just for the listeners and the viewers, we have not spoken about this before, but I feel as though I'm going to be on the same page as you. Avatar got three nominations, two of which are visuals. No acting, no writing, no directing. I don't think if you cannot get a nomination in any category that involves the script, the writing, or the acting, it should not be up for Best Picture. 100%. 100%. This nomination, 100%, is just because it's Jim Cameron and it's the biggest movie right now. We need to get people to watch the show. And there's no other reason. So. And it's the same thing. If you look back to 2008, the, the pictures that you, this has been, this is a s- systemic issue mm-hmm. for as long as you can think about the Oscars. If you go back to 2008, like Benjamin Button, maybe it was a good movie, but there was also a, um, it was an achievement in filmography on how they filmed that movie. Yes. Um, and you can go through each and every one of the years since then. There is, there is. Is that kind of like they use that the technology that what they would have used for Captain America in that one for the de aging? Yeah, and yeah, then because uh, they also sure. they had when he was a kid, he's like an old man, but it's Brad Pitt's face sure. on a little kid's body. Right? And, and so. you know what? Like, and in fairness, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't speak to the story itself. But right. my point being is that there are movies out there that are getting the nods and the you know, oh, let's take a look at this because mm-hmm. of the the graphics of it and not so much the story and the actual content of it. So so it's like you you create this backlash or you, you create this seemingly we need to get ahead of something by nominating something and then creating more issues. The whole fucking Oscars. It, it's a bit I know, of a it's, sham. It's, a bit it's of a become sham. less relevant as years have gone on like this used it's to be a like of a, Super it's, Bowl a bit of a, it's a bit of a stroking but like i was hey, thinking you know. yeah i was thinking like years ago we would have like the big movies were getting nominated so i don't know why people thought it was only art house like when shakespeare and love won it beat saving private ryan when forrest gump won you know it beat uh good goodfellas i don't know goodfellas was in fellas it would beat um pulp fiction like, uh, you know, we had big big movies what about chocolate like uh, it's chocolate beat uh well, it had won a lot that year, so I'm sure it beat a couple of good movies. But yeah, like there's or the Driving Miss Daisies when Goodfellas came out. I think that makes sense. That that sounds a bit more accurate. Yeah, I so, just I feel like it's it's just a then it became all art house. I feel like the Oscars is a bit of a self pandering opportunity mm. for Hollywood up and ups and the echelons to be like this is what we made, and they always like. And, and I think to prove to to further prove this point is that a number of the nominations that come out each and every year for the best pictures are movies that tend to be released in the in, in the theaters like towards the middle end of July. Yet yeah. the Oscars are in February, and it's like okay, well, if it's such a like if it's such a big box office smash and like made an impact and this that and the other then you you should be talking about movies that came out in may june of 
the year that you're doing the competition for which is why i would say like the best picture of the year should be maverick i mean it it held the number one position for x amount of weeks it was made you know ungodly amount of money so but and it was reviewed well and it was yeah and it was reviewed well like but it was you know i I, like maverick but i don't think it should have been nominated for best picture fair okay sure and i haven't seen it yet so like for me the movie is everything that we needed for this time okay so like it was like just pure escapism everything like logic be damned like groundhog day um behind it but like we coming out of the pandemic we needed something like that wait a minute so he didn't fly the f-15 or f-18 no he did i mean just like the idea of but he didn't fly it under the bridge at mach 5 of course he did it's tom cruise tom cruise can do whatever he wants if he thinks it he's done it make just making sure (laughs) but so yeah everything like that's what we needed for for coming out of the pandemic that's what we needed we need a movie like top gun and i think that's why it's was so celebrated by like you know critics and audiences alike but it made a lot of movie and like people talk about it it's 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 gone to the point where it's almost a generational movie like it's now put itself in the conversation of 20 years from now people are gonna be talking about like oh you remember maverick that year like oh yeah yeah no Mm. but you know what who's gonna get the award it's gonna be some fucking nomination that's yeah it's gonna be that wasn't Every, released until December 30th of that year because it yeah. got in just under the just under the wire, you know. Yeah, I guess but, like Maverick this year was like the summer of '89 when Batman came out. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, "Fucking, it's Batman!" And we're like, "It's fucking Tom Cruise, Maverick!" And then you had like Prince making TV shows and like cereal boxes. Like it was just a whole thing. Yeah, I still need to see the movie. I will. Yeah, you won't be disappointed in any stretch of the imagination. There's, there's I am nothing, disappointed. There's nothing that wrong I, with the movie. I am it's disappointed that I didn't see it in the theaters. I will say that. But what can you do? Maybe it'll come out in like one of those cheap, like five dollar theaters that up there that are around town. So maybe I'll go check that out. Yeah, they they still bring those back every once in a while. Yeah, I, I hope so. There's one in in Orleans that they, you know, they bring out movies that are like four or five months past their time. I guess you'd say. I can see, like, because they re-release everything back in theaters. I can see Maverick coming up for a Why not? Time. Milk that cow, boy. Especially you know, with Oscars coming. Like, go see it again. Just milk the cow. Yeah. The cash cow, right? The cash cow. Yeah. So, I mean, do you watch the Oscars? Like, do you, is this a thing that I, you tune like in? I said, it was like a religious thing. I was way into movies long, long ago. Now, like, if it's new, I won't watch it. If it's too long, I won't watch it. So let me ask you, what was it that, what was that light that went off in your mind that was like, you know what, like I'm not taking this as seriously as I once did? Um, time. Okay. Just don't have it. Thank God for that because now movies are three <laughs> hours long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that... what was it? the other day? I was gonna throw something on, and I, it's, it was two hours and forty. Oh, I was I uh, was gonna watch uh, Almost Famous again. I was doing up a. Uh, a game that I thought that we would do with uh, with a fuller house here of uh, hosts and um, episode so one hundred maybe teaser. Maybe. So I uh, I was gonna watch Almost Famous again and it was an hour, two hours and forty minutes. So I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah, not now. Mind you, I've seen it enough. I can just listen to it in my headphones. I um under certain circumstances i would be okay with a two hour and 40 minute movie but for the most part for the most part i'm just like you know what you've got me for 120 minutes before i start to debate Mm -hmm. if i want to give you this time but you got me for two hours like let's let's make the most of that two hours you know yeah it's not bad if the two hours and 58 minutes doesn't feel like two hours and 58 minutes like that was my biggest beef with the Batman was it was long. It didn't feel like it, but then it had like nine endings. Yeah. If you could have just cropped one of them out or ended it with one of the ones that preceded it, I think you would have been just tighter. Oh, like but... when they were all in the arena and you're like, Oh, this is like the crescendo. Like this is the, yeah. the end of the movie. And you're like, Oh fuck. Like, no, but no, to there was more. His apartment. <laughs> yeah. Let's bring the crew. <laughs> there was more. Yeah, like, like for me, I thought like they could end it with know. um with you know 
Nashed in, in Arkham, looking out the window, and Batman thwarted everything in credits. But no, that yeah. it happened. Then he had the fight sequence, and then there was the getting people out of uh, the arena. Madison, and it was Madison like, Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, that too. Really, you could not come up with a different name. I know, honestly, God. Like like the Gotham Bowl or Gotham Arena or something. Like no, Gotham you... Square Garden. Like, give me a fraction of what you paid someone on set, and I'll come up with the best name. And you know what? I'll make sure that that's a realistic. Like, it was so cheesy. I thought maybe it was a reference to Adam West's Batman. You know, just having some sort of Gotham in front of something. Oh, it's Gotham Central Bank. It's Gotham Observatory. Yeah. <laughs> and then, pow. Yeah. And it's, you wow. needed just like a placker, right? Just so the yellow. This is. Yeah. Hey, emergency a switch of, a bunch of go-go dancers are just <laughs> going on the side yeah they all have all the the villain henchmen have long sleeve shirts with their name across the chest that's right yeah yeah goon number one yeah bob <laughs> that's another that's, name. uh we should do a uh, movie review for the first batman batman the movie with uh yeah. adam west and Burr Ward. no no yeah like holy, holy that bat. was like that was like the Avengers, right? Because it was Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman all together. I remember seeing that when I was a kid, thinking just that so the like, greatest oh, thing, greatest thing ever. And I, I, don't care, out of this. I don't care if Batman's fighting a shark with a laser attached to it, like it doesn't matter. Running, I, running out of pier with a bomb. Like I basically saw I basically saw Mickey as the uh what was it, the Joker, Rocky's Let Mickey. Me. Yeah, he's a penguin. Caesar oh, the Romero's penguin, sorry, penguin, yeah. yeah. Um, but all of them in, in the one movie. And I was like, oh, this is yeah. the, the best thing since sliced bread. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Nope. And he's just running around. <laughs> you throw it over here. There's like ducks or something to throw over here. <laughs> Today's Batman would be like, oh, God. His Batman would have put it in the bat and flew it into Gotham Harbor. That's right. And blew yeah. up. So... A deep dive into Batman. I'd be completely okay with that. We should do that leading up to you know what we should do is we should like hey, just pulling back the curtains a little bit on future planning, but we have the Flash movie coming up. We should do the review of the Flash, but before that movie that we should do we yeah, we should do a review of eighty nine. Just call it eighty nine. I'd even be down with uh ninety two Batman returns. After that, I'm okay. <laughs> I read somewhere today. I read somewhere today that that uh, for the one that um, Schwarzenegger, Mister Freeze, what was mm-hmm. it? Batman, Batman and Robin, Batman and Robin. He was paid a million dollars a day to like that was what his wage was, and so he was on set the equivalent of twenty five days. He was paid twenty five million dollars, and um, I wish I would have saved it. But whoever was speaking about it was saying that they had gutted so much of the the proceeds to the actors where they yeah. could make a movie and i'm feel like okay fair enough like that might be true to some extent yeah but are you also making up for the fact that you made a shit movie yeah like you know someone signed off on those contracts so i'm gonna put you on ice it did have some great puns that's how i should end it from now on <laughs> i'm gonna put you on ice that or ice to see you nice to see you yeah Anyway, twenty five million for the, the Schwarzenegger. Get it for him. Get it yeah. when you can, can get it. I mean, Christ. I mean, he is uh, talk about someone coming over to America and just making the absolute most of a life that the you dream, could ever right? make. The dream, like he's made the dream. He made millions of dollars. He was a international action star. He then turned around and was like, "I'm going to be a governor of a state." Check that off. And probably yeah, he was a re- Republican governor that actually got a lot of Democratic votes. Was he a Republican? Yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, and if it wasn't for him being born on the other side of the world, he probably would have run for the presidency for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's what? Is he 80 now? He's, he's got to be up there. He has to be up there. I'm going to say like mid 70s. Good on him. But he's still pumping out those like army tank. There's a mobile game. Uh, it's an army tank game. 
I don't know what it's called, but he is pumping out. He's promoting some mobile app game. Now, when Let's you're saying army warfare, when you're saying pumping out, is that a pun on his pumping up? Pump you up, Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. Oh, yeah. can't talk SNL. We'll get soon. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Wrap it up for this week. I won't play the closing music because, again, don't it's fine. Sued. We don't want to get sued. We've got it next time. That's right. Yeah, James, we're next time, baby. I uh, I still have to think of something to say when uh, when we sign off. So, like Celsior, maybe. Excelsior. Nailed it. Nailed it. End show. <laughs>